The killer carefully undid the stockings and undergarments fastening the dead woman's arms and legs to the bedposts. Then he removed the sock from Melina's mouth, tossing it casually into a corner. He had already carefully cleaned the brown stain that Melina had made between her legs when her anal sphincter had relaxed and released a flood of warm feces in a deadly orgasm of death. Only a clear, wet spot now showed beneath her limp form, and even that would soon be dry. He was pleased with his efforts, stubbornly refusing to acknowledge the disfigurement of her face. Rummaging through his pockets, he extracted a small pearl-handled penknife. He ran his thumb over the miniature blade, biting his tongue when the edge pierced the skin, prompting a deep red drop of blood to well up on its surface. Satisfied, he quickly put the instrument to work. With the skill and dexterity of an artisan, he traced the shape of a small heart on the dead woman's left breast. Then he delicately carved two sets of initials inside the design. He stepped back to admire his handiwork. A look of dismay crossed the killer's face, for there were small droplets of blood obscuring the clean edges of the heart. That would never do. He took several tissues from a box of Kleenex on the night table and blotted the fresh blood. Although Molina's heart had long since ceased beating, the killer maintained steady pressure on the wounds until, at last, the design was sealed forever. The yellow taxi screeched to a halt in front of the Spiros' apartment building. George paid the young Israeli driver, tipping him generously, and moved to the rear of the vehicle to retrieve his battered suitcase. Then, like a nervous horse free of its rider, the cab lurched forward. George was alone on the empty street. A steady rain beat down on the umbrella above his head. He had been gone nearly a week and was glad to be home. The heavy bag grew a bit lighter when he saw the illuminated bedroom window in the apartment, bringing forth the pleasant image of his wife preparing for bed. It made him smile. The killer closed the apartment door quietly behind him and slipped down the single flight of stairs to the small, poorly lit lobby below. He opened the scarred metal front door at the end of the hallway and stuck his head outside into the cool evening air, glancing up and down the street before exiting. He started down the deserted sidewalk, his footsteps echoing off the walls of the surrounding buildings, and nearly collided with a man carrying a heavy suitcase and holding an umbrella. The killer lowered his head, avoided eye contact, and continued on his way. He crossed the pavement and disappeared into the shadows. George set the heavy bag down outside the apartment building, folded his umbrella, then picked up the suitcase and entered the front door. He didn't ring the bell, his usual signal that he was home, but instead climbed the stairs to the apartment. As he turned the doorknob, he raised his key to unlock the deadbolt, but it was unfastened. How many times had he reminded Melina to fasten it? Suddenly, an overpowering sense of dread washed over him. He dropped his suitcase and umbrella on the corridor floor and hurried into the apartment, drawn by some unseen force through the living room, past the kitchen, and down the hall toward the bedroom. The door was open, and George breathed a sigh of relief when he saw Melina lying quietly asleep on the double bed in the corner of the little bedroom. "'Thank God she's all right,' he thought. He started out into the hall, stopped, and turned back to gaze upon the scene again. 
Something was wrong. He stared at the naked woman lying on the bed. Naked? His wife never slept in the nude. A cold sweat broke out on his forehead as he crept closer to the bed and looked down at his wife. Something was dreadfully wrong. Thick yellow bile rose in his throat, threatening to choke him. He stared at her in horror, a silent scream echoing inside his head. The room began to spin, and he retched violently, collapsing on the bed in a pool of his own vomit, next to his very beautiful and very dead wife.